Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to the show. Good to have you with us. Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz, the Defo Show, and a pleasure to welcome to the program. And I would venture to say this, uh, while people were jonesing for some NFL action uh, this past weekend and you were stuck with uh, transgender uh, mutant cross-country skiing in the Olympic Games and maybe some other sports, the NBA All-Star Game was kind of rough to watch unless you like seeing uh, 50-foot shots by Steph Curry, which uh, that was spectacular. Uh, but uh, I found myself jonesing for some NFL action, and yet you're never jonesing for NFL scandal, it seems. And uh, th- this will be a-, a big part of the conversation about the National Football League in the offseason. We welcome to the show here today uh, and a uh, fine uh, young lady who uh, has some very strong opinions about some of the things that are happening right now, especially these uh, sexual and abusive uh, stories about uh, abuse of women and cheerleaders. Uh, she was part of the now Washington Commanders, then Washington football team organization, and was uh, a director of uh, broadcasting. Won Emmy Awards for her in-house work there with the broadcast team. We welcome uh, to the program uh, Megan Imbert to the show. Megan, how are you? Thanks so much. You make a very lovely appearance here on the Defoe Show, uh, easily eclipsing uh, whatever uh, production value we had by uh, people looking at Luby and me. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is, I know it takes away from the sports conversation, but it's such an important conversation that needs to be had. Oh, no doubt about it. And, and it's interesting because uh, we, we were going to say that the happiest guy to be sued by Brian Flores as one of the NFL's 32 owners was Dan Snyder, because uh, while Flores uh, was making these uh, assertions about systemic racism and possibly uh, what could be uh, tantamount to sports bribery, uh, certainly going to grab the headlines. I'm watching like uh, woman after woman testify about the commander's organization, then the Washington football team and uh, abuse that was taking place uh, among women there. He's already been fined $10 million for whatever was revealed in this investigation that was done and conceded to pay that. Uh, you were part of the organization. Uh, I'll let you tell the story. Uh, what was happening uh, inside the uh, Dan Snyder-led uh, Washington organization? Yeah, sure. And I'll, I just have to correct you on one thing. So he wasn't personally fine. The team was fined. Right, and okay. Five, of course. Five well, five million of the ten was to a charitable donation, so a multi-you know billion dollar enterprise. That's really pocket change. So I, I just wanted to correct that because we haven't really seen Dan Snyder have any accountability for what's going on. He's used the excuse of "I've been hands off," when in fact I know from working there he wasn't. So um, I was there um, from when I was 19 years old to 25. So wow. 2006 until 2011, I started out as an intern in college, you know, with the big hopes and dreams, uh, started in the media relations department, and then ultimately ended up in the television department working for Larry Michael, who at the time was the voice of the team. So um, it was definitely an environment where, you know, high pressure. I think a lot of sports and entertainment jobs, you kind of understand that that's sort of the nature of the business in the, in the sense of, you know, there could be breaking news at any time, you're working longer hours. Um, so I was kind of prepared for that. But what I wasn't prepared for was sort of, you know, just being subjected to constant comments about our bodies, people, executives making comments, the people that you would think need to set the example are the ones that are setting the tone. And also, um, very, very, um, you know, demeaning language, um, 
cursing, a lot of just just not a healthy environment, really demeaning people based on their intelligence, like even simply operating a printer, stuff like that. It was just very silly. Um, so you kind of felt like you were always walking on eggshells. Um, it just it did not foster a healthy environment. And, you know, any study will show like the performance of the team. You can certainly think we had some really, really great coaches, as we saw, like Sean McVay came out of that organization as well. So um, it goes to say that the work on the field also could be reflected based on what happened um, within the organization. I'm talking with Megan Embert here, the Defoe Show, Luby. Uh, Megan, uh, Emmy Award winning sports producer uh, and editor with Washington, has done a lot in the sports world. Okay, you talked about execs. How high did it go? Because that's what we've heard for years is it goes to the top, but somehow, like you said, Snyder always eludes it. And this has been going on since he bought Washington. Like John Feinstein, a guy we talk about all the time, uh, you talk about award-winning author, writer, has despises this man because he knows personally of some of the things he's done, and he, he skates every time. So, like, how high did it go that people were actually – noticing it, seeing it, feeling it. I think our biggest issue right now, especially with the investigation, which I'm sure we'll talk about, is the fact that we do have direct allegations against Dan Snyder. And the Beth Wilkinson team that conducted the 10-month investigation, she even tried to uncover, there was a $1.6 million settlement in 2009, a direct sexual misconduct to the owner. And Dan Snyder sued her for doing that during the investigation. So that should show everyone like she literally was trying to do a thorough investigation here. And on top of that, where I became so vocal and outspoken was when it was around July, July 2020, when the first Washington Post story broke. For those that are catching up, there was a big article cover of the Post around the toxic culture. My boss, Larry Michael, was in that article around allegations related to him. I had a visceral reaction. A lot of people knew amongst the league that it was a dysfunctional, toxic culture, but we never thought it would see this high profile stage. And finally, during that time, a lot of people were reaching out to me, Megan, are you okay? Had no idea or, you know, just how am I doing? And a few conversations led to basically me discovering based on some conversations that there were explicit videos of the cheerleaders created wow. by my department for owner Dan Snyder. And I believe Brad Baker, Tom Kirchival re recently came forward as well a couple of weeks ago before the round table. And we have a video from 2008 and from 2010 set to Dan Snyder's favorite music. So this is one of the things where I want a criminal investigation here. And I have every reason to believe that this was an annual project. Um, there's things I obviously can't share right now with all of you, but I am adamant I want a criminal investigation here because this perpetuated this type of thing. And, and aside from just the harassment to literally produce basically softcore porn. And I left, I took it very personal when I found this out because I left that organization with dreams on the table. I was successful despite my situation. So when I learned of that, I had my lawyer, I called up the Washington Post, put my name to this. I realized the risk, put my name on this because you. we cannot have these organizations perpetuating this behavior. And then when I saw the Jerry Jones cowboy story, it just goes to show this could be a league-wide issue. And this is at the highest level. What about our young women? We already saw the US gymnast team, but what about high school, college? How are these how are these ladies being protected? And you know, I don't want to say it's just a woman issue and cheerleaders, 
this is a bigger problem, but it just really physically disgusts me. And I think the thing that's interesting about a few of us that have come forward is we don't have an active lawsuit. We're not in it for the money. This is the game changer. We're not going to be silenced. We're pressing really hard with Congress. Um, but it's very tough. You know, I knew Larry Michael since I was 19 years old. So outside of just the cheerleader videos, we have Tiffany Johnston now who came forward during the congressional roundtable. Jason Friedman, who was an executive for over 20 years, corroborated that with a letter. Very brave of him. I'd love to see more male executives coming forward. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Well, I mean, uh, we've seen the uh, NFL. Obviously, Roger Goodell works for the owners. There are 32 of them. They control uh, you know, a multi-zillion dollar organization, uh, probably you would have to say, unless Vince McMahon is making a move, uh, the number one entertainment uh, you know, revenue-producing organization uh, anywhere, certainly out of the sporting world. Uh, uh, and the NFL, I mean, uh, always uh, looks like they've turned a blind eye to these sort of things uh, until it's almost impossible. I mean, we were talking about it earlier uh, on our show yesterday uh, about how uh, you know it, it, it seems like uh, you know there, there's a monumental pile of evidence, uh, like the DNA in the OJ case, sitting on Marsha Clark's desk, and yet uh, you know the NFL pay, pays really cosmetic uh, type of lip service to the whole idea that they're doing anything about this. So what? What have you seen, Megan Imbert, on behalf of the NFL with regard to this sort of thing? I mean, uh, as we were talking about, it seemed like a slap on the wrist and, and uh, a very marginal uh, you know, extent to the investigation uh, before the Washington Post thing surfaced uh, that was uh, taken on behalf of the NFL. I, I love the question. Um, I, as much as I want Dan Snyder held accountable, I think the NFL is complicit here too. Roger yeah. Goodell, there's two things that happened um, over the course of the past 19 months. One, they allowed Dan Snyder to get 100% ownership yeah. of that team while the investigation was going on. That is completely irresponsible. And then he ended up becoming even more powerful, naming his wife co-CEO. That was just a complete smack in the face. I think that was the day where all of us on record, I mean, we were bawling. We were so upset. We are like, this just goes to show that there's something else here. They're, they're not in this for us. And then secondly, when Roger Goodell did the press conference, I believe it was in October, where he said he was never going to release the findings to protect um, you know, witnesses, et cetera, where every other report you have um, could redact names. You have Deflategate, a 243-page report that is about the PSI of game balls. Here we have 120 to 150 people that are putting literally like our lives out there for this. And for him to have the audacity to put it back on us. And then we find out the day after the roundtable that in fact, Roger Goodell, the NFL had a common interest agreement with the team, basically stating that our entire investigation cannot be revealed without Dan Snyder's consent. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, John Gruden would have been happy if he kept uh, that end exactly. of it quiet, too, uh, as a result of that uh, investigation. Oh, yeah. Megan Imbert uh, with us. She was with the uh, then Washington football team, now Washington Commanders, formerly Washington Redskins uh, organization for uh, several years. And uh, obviously, I mean, uh, you know, a tremendous, uh, you know, things, uh, you know, that, that uh, you're, you're putting forward here in terms of our own uh, knowledge of the situation. Now, uh, two things, uh, and I appreciate your time uh, here on the program, but I wanted to get to this Dallas Cowboys thing. But uh, before that, uh, you know, when we were talking about your appearance on the show, we were saying that, uh, you know, having had much interaction with, uh, you know, we've covered the Miami Dolphins here uh, personally for like 40 years here in uh, South Florida. 
And uh, over the years, you have a lot of interaction with cheerleaders. Uh, they, they, they seem to be presented as the face of the franchise, very proudly so in many circumstances. Uh, you're going to have cheerleaders at the charity events yep. and, uh, you know, yep. meet Dolphin cheerleaders and they have a cheerleader calendar. And, yep. you know, they're, they're always out front, uh, you know, in the stadium greeting fans. And yet, uh, you know, having uh, spoken uh, with these women over the years, I always uh, found it kind of like, uh, you know, they were being treated like they were in a Bolshoi ballet, you know, and uh, they, they were subjected to just a- absolutely, I mean, harder workouts and, uh, you know, physicality uh, in, in uh, their training than, than the players were in, in training camp. And, uh, you know, they often talked about long, torturous hours and, and, and abuse from like Woody Hayes type of coaching that they got from from the women that were running the uh, cheerleading squads. And they were doing this for 15 bucks a game. Uh, I mean, I, I, I never understood why they were held in, in such low regard by, by these organizations that were very proudly presenting them as uh, somewhat of the face of the franchise. So it's interesting. I, I haven't been asked much about the cheerleaders. In fact, the last production I ever did for the team was a documentary series on the making of the cheerleaders. Um, ironically, we called it Cheers and Tears. And um, I learned a lot about them. I have so much more respect for all of the hours and the time that they do um, put into their craft, into their appearances, on top of, to your point, they are the face of the organization. Um, Melanie Coburn, who I've become very close with, is a perfect example. Um, you know, all the tours overseas for our troops, doing all these things. I think the issue at hand is that both the cheerleaders and most of the regular um, lower level employees within an organization, they are basically told sort of that you're replaceable. Someone's going to do this for free. People will do it for the exposure. There is a lot of networking. I'm not going to lie. I was able to really build a network um, while working there, but at the same time, that shouldn't be at the cost of like unlivable wages and terrible treatment. And, um, you know, a lot of these ladies, what people don't talk about, but we would try to um, expose in some of our documentaries would be like, some of them are lawyers full time. Some of them are teachers, like they're intelligent women. And yes, I understand like they might be wearing risque things. I think part of the, the challenge and what I get furious about is hearing how, well, we could be an organization. Why don't we just remove the chair program entirely? That's going to solve all the problems. The problem is men being able to control themselves and act appropriate with the women. Um, it's just like a rape situation where you're going to blame the woman for yeah. what she was wearing. It's, yeah. it's, it, those are the things like you could probably see the smoke coming out of my ears right yeah. now, but it's like now I'm just. I want to be a voice for all of all of the women, whether it be employees or these cheerleaders. It's just we really have to, we really have to change this because it's, who knows what we don't know, who, who knows what settlements were out there for years. And this is just something that's recently coming to light. Well, and what I find most abhorrent, and that's the thing is we all, I I actually didn't think stuff like this went on since the seventies because I'm naive, but when it would happen, I figured, okay, it was very low key. It wasn't really known. There was a few incidents here and there. The fact that you're telling me yearly, the production department, which is a huge part of any organization. Like I was this stuff for Florida State, so I can't even imagine what an NFL franchise production department is. It's a massive undertaking. It's a massive organization in and of itself with a lot of employees. Every year was producing something just for Snyder. To me, <laughs> it had to be pretty well known the stuff was going on. They weren't even being subtle. 
couldn't be. So what's for, interesting for is, and, and I can't talk too much about it, but yeah, yeah. I, I have reason to believe it was annual. We know of 2008, we know of 2010. And what you bring up that is so fascinating to me. They did a great job of not having me in any of those meetings yeah, or exactly. know anything about it. Exactly. But, but you had different producers at different times. So for instance, um, the 2008 producer did not know the 2010 one based on who I believe did these actual things. And I'm like, it's just, it's very eye-opening. It's really sad. It's also like what a morally bankrupt position yes. my wow. colleagues in because in that environment, if, if Dan Snyder asked for something or, you know, your management team, because of that notion of people are going to do this for free, you're going to do what I, I need you to do and you're going to do it as fast as possible kind of environment that they probably were just like, we, gotta, we just got to do it. What are you going to do? Go up against the billionaire owner and then all your dreams are shattered because you're going to get fired. Like there really isn't a win in this situation. Um, I mean, me speaking out, if you look at the people that have spoken out, a lot of us have left the industry entirely. Just like the Brian Flores situation, I'm glad the Steelers hired him, right? That's awesome. But it's also when you speak out, like, would I ever be able to get employed by an NFL franchise ever again or sports for that matter? I don't know. But that's the kind of thing you have to be able to, like, see the bigger picture. This is bigger than Megan Inbert. This is bigger than the Washington football team now, Commanders. It's bigger than the NFL. Um, so I, it's just a very sad situation. Great stuff, uh, and uh, Megan Imbert uh, with us. Uh, one, one more thing, because uh, 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 you wanted to touch on the Dallas Cowboys yeah. uh, and, and the latest story that's evolved there, that they settled a case for $2.4 million uh, with four cheerleaders uh, that were subjected to voyeurism. And uh, this is interesting to uh, us because uh, we knew Rich Dalrymple, who was a central figure in that case, and the one who was named as uh, you know, the uh, man that was complicit in, in making this video, uh, by uh, finding his way with a security card into the uh, women's locker room and uh, taking video of these ladies while they were, uh, you know, and not fully clothed. Uh, we knew this guy when he was a kid. He was at the University of Miami uh, long before we uh, got to uh, the Dallas Cowboys. He went there with Jimmy Johnson when, when Jimmy became the coach there. And, um, I, you know, I, I mean, it was hard to fathom when I saw his name pop up in this story. I, I couldn't imagine that this was the same guy that I knew. And then at the same time, I mean, what's also curious about it, I, I, I can't imagine that these women established any kind of a case unless there was some foundation of truth to it. And uh, yet I could never see this guy doing anything like that, especially after being in the NFL at a very high level. I mean, who's doing more in terms of directing publicity than the guy that's running the Dallas Cowboys organization? <laughs> And uh, he, he always appeared to be very distinguished in this capacity. So uh, that, that seemed like a very oddball story to us. Uh, what, what is your knowledge of what happened there? I, apparently, I mean, uh, my understanding is that this was uh, like six years ago that this case was settled. And, and it just came to prominence now. But uh, what, what is your feeling about what transpired there, uh, Megan Ember? So I think it's uh, what you're bringing up is interesting for the audience to listen to, because I think as these types of stories come up, people will have a different relationship with the individual that might have been doing the bad behavior. And just because that's the case, it doesn't invalidate yeah. it. Actually no, no, yeah, true. Exactly, exactly. Which I'm not yeah. saying that that's but but that has been even a trend, um, even if you have friends or anyone that has ever been in an abusive relationship, sometimes like they never do that. But it's understanding that, unfortunately, there might be a different side to a human being. And there's a couple of things with this. That was Jerry Jones's right hand man, as far yes. as I understand. 
a team should not be able to investigate itself. Roger Goodell even said that before the Super Bowl press conference. And then their PR person just stated, oh, it was a club matter. They investigated it. Now, because they've settled and done the NDAs, uh, the ladies aren't able to speak out about it. However, I do find it all very curious, the timing. And then you had pro football talk at the Super Bowl talk about how some of the owners aren't aligning to Dan Snyder right now. So it makes you wonder, is Jerry Jones one of those owners that's trying to separate himself? Um, and then all of a sudden this happens. So there's a lot of speculation, but um, fundamentally, something like that, it sounds like the cheerleaders went about the right process, got HR involved. And then it was kind of, well, you know, you, you, this is as far as it kind of goes. And my whole thing this entire time, if we're going to look at evolving and changing and as these investigations happen, they really need a third party entity that's yep. not tied to the league either. The issue we have here is you have people that work at one team, they end up working at another team or they end up working for the league office. There's friendships, there's loyalties. There's so much money in this machine as well and power that we really need to be able to establish a system that can actually hold people accountable and have the proper consequences. So I do find it peculiar. Um, and they didn't even really announce his retirement. It was very sudden. Yep. It yeah. parallels yep. with my old boss. My boss was allowed to retire um, right before that July 2020 article happened. <laughs> he should have been fired. That's another relationship that he obviously had had with Dan Snyder. No doubt. Hey, uh, very compelling stuff. Uh, Megan Imbert, we thank you so much for appearing with us here on the show. Uh, hopefully we can stay in touch. Yeah. And as these yeah. things progress, uh, both through the legal process, uh, whatever takes place there or action by the league, uh, we, we'd certainly like to uh, continue this That's conversation with you uh, in, in the future. Uh, thanks so much for being with us. It was a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Megan. All right. Megan Imbert. Very inflammatory wow. and, uh, you know, I mean, compelling stuff there, Mike Louie. Well, and, that, and that's why I'm glad we we're able to have the female perspective because John Feinstein has done a really good job with us trying to show the side of the things we can never fathom. But it, it, the fact that she was in the organization and they were doing this video, like, they're not well, even with her department. It, like. And they're making a video every year, a nude video to uh, Dan Snyder's favorite tune. Not even hiding it. Like, come on. Like, it that's got bad. To beat a well, that, that, baby, that also right? Leads, I mean, uh, how odd is that that they just well, have to come up with this video? She brought an interesting point. That leads you to believe that it's not the one team, it's a league thing, and that the league's yeah. okay with it. If Dan Steiner's just comfortable doing it, if the Dallas Cowboys are just comfortable doing it, then there's nothing to fear. They don't fear getting in trouble for stuff like this, which is psychotic. No. Well, I mean, essentially, uh, Snyder uh, got away with it. Uh, he, he was not held accountable, as Megan mentioned in that lawsuit when she uh, corrected us on that thing. Uh, it, it never really got to the point where uh, they actually had a finger in the face of Dan Snyder. And never. and that seemed to be, uh, and it was funny, too, because it is true, the happiest guy to be sued by Brian Flores yeah. is Dan Snyder. Yeah, exactly. He, because Dan Snyder uh, was not in the headlines all of that week before the Super Bowl started. Otherwise, I mean, he would have been blazing across the front pages of every newspaper, every online article, uh, every newscast, every sportscast. Uh, I don't know about Sports Center, you know, because uh, you have to figure ESPN might be thinking, Partner. you know what, we really like to keep Monday Night Football. <laughs> exactly. It's a hard thing to cover, too. I mean, you don't see the, uh, you know, NBC, uh, you know, Al Michaels probably wasn't referencing a whole lot about Brian Flores and, and or uh, the uh, sex scandal that's going on with the Washington Commanders organization, nope. which has escalated out of the previous sex scandal, which was supposedly already, uh, you know, come, uh, coming to a conclusion with the idea that, yeah, something happened here, but we ain't saying what. 
And meanwhile, John Gruden had his email yeah, exposed, and it turned out that he was the uh, pigskin version of John Rocker. Unbelievable. Exactly. Wild, man. There's always scandal. Uh, I, I thought Megan was very impressive. Uh, Megan Imbert uh, joining us here on the program. Uh, very she passionate in what she had to say. And uh, I'm gonna plan on talking to her in the future. I mean, this stuff yeah. pops up all the time, and it would be good to have a woman's voice instead of three old white guys. <laughs> like that's yeah. and we and we're liberal and we try our best, but Shirley brings this up to me a lot. She's like, "Look, I appreciate you trying, but you should have women talking about this stuff." And I'm like, "Yeah." Probably wouldn't be bad. Well, there was someone that was on the inside of it and, and felt used herself because of the fact that uh, it was her department. Yeah, she was uh, there. Was, uh, you know, <laughs> being uh, you know responsible, uh, you know, not with her knowledge for making these videos, uh, which crazy. were specifically uh, just uh, kind of uh, soft porn, yeah. uh, being uh, produced uh, for Dan Snyder's own personal enjoyment. And they would have different producers every year do it so that no if one If they realized... found his stuff on his computer arbitrarily, oh, the bad. FBI would be coming in there bad. and confiscating the entire... Uh, if this guy's a CPA or something. What, are you kidding me? And these uh, assertions come for him. All right, it'd be interesting to see what happens with that. Uh, we thank Megan Imbert for being so open uh, with us here. And uh, as uh, we said, I mean, uh, there were some, you know, very inflammatory things uh, said there that, uh, you know, uh, would be undeniable. And, and, you know, very much like the Brian Flores lawsuit, though, for some reason... You get the feeling that uh, everybody's going to skate yeah. relatively unscathed in this thing and that the league turns a blind eye to it because uh, they don't want to go against the 32 owners, even if one of them happens to be an outright jerk and everybody knows. Exactly. And that's the way it goes. All right. Uh, that's a combination planner of After Hours. I'm Jeff DeForest. He is uh, Mike Luby Lubitz. Hey folks, Tony Segretto here. You know, since day one, Catholic Health Services has been part of old school. And since we've started letting people know about them, it's changed their lives. You see, Catholic Health Services, while being recognized as one of the top places for stroke rehab in the country, it's also about a group of people who not just excel in what they do, from the doctors to the nurses to the therapist, on and on and on. It's how they do what they do every single day that separates them from the pack. They do it with a passion unmatched and the inclusion of family in every step of the process. Trust me when I tell you this, if you want the best unmatched rehab with a special group of skilled, caring people, there is truly only one place. And that one place is Catholic Health Services. These days, we're all looking for comfort anywhere we can find it. Thank goodness for Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill in the plantation location because they are making sure you are as comfortable as possible. First of all, they're not only open for delivery and pickup. All you have to do is go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both pickup and free delivery. Their hours have changed a little bit. Monday through Thursday from 3.30 to 10 and Friday, Saturday and Sunday from 11.30 to 10. You're going to have the best wings in the world. You're going to have a great burger. You're going to have... They're amazing soups. Again, Landlubbers, Raw Bar, and Grill. It's nice and easy. Just go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both your pickup and free delivery. Thank goodness for Landlubbers for making you always feel right at home. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.